Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. So happy you're here today. Before we get into this episode, I want to let y'all know that we've just started an Instagram and a TikTok for the podcast. Peyton is helping me with this. I am recording pieces of the episode as I record it, and we're trimming up the videos and putting them as little digestible pieces of content on both TikTok and on Instagram. So if you want to follow along, that's Fit Body Happy Joints on TikTok and on Instagram. And you'll see if you look at the clips from this week that yes, I am filming at 6.20 at night. It's dark outside. My husband's currently downstairs cooking. So if you hear crashing pots and pans, that's what's happening. It's just been one of those days where There's a lot going on and I'm finally getting to recording the podcast. So really excited about today's episode because I've been doing these 100th episode series where I'm taking some of the best episodes and summarizing several episodes on the same topic into one podcast episode. So I know this isn't the 100th episode, it's technically 101, but I'm kind of taking this milestone of 100 episodes as the opportunity to take pieces of content and that I've done in the past and summarize it into one piece of content. Cause I know there's a lot we've done a lot. Uh, I've researched a lot, even pulling past episodes. I'm like, Oh, I forgot about that study that I referenced. And so I think it's really nice to kind of come back to and make cohesive pieces of content. So today we're talking about cardio. This episode is a summary of three episodes that I think will really help you build a productive cardio routine after listening to this episode. So cardio is great for your health, but too much is not only unnecessary, but it can be counterproductive. So in today's episode, I'll talk about HIT. I'll talk about steady state cardio, and there's two forms of steady state cardio. And then we'll also get into a mistake with modern intensity cardio that I think a lot of people make, and it leaves them frustrated and in pain and in what I call the downward spiral. I'm actually going to go out of order a little bit in the sense that I'm going to talk about a more recent episode first, because I want to lead with this idea that cardio should not be a tool to expedite fat loss. Cause I think that's probably why many of you maybe clicked on this episode because you want to know how much cardio should I add if I want to lose weight or if I want to lose fat. I think a lot of people want to do that. It's a very natural thing. That's what we have been marketed to believe works. And I really don't recommend using cardio as a tool to accelerate weight loss. So I want to explain why I'll start by going over this episode. It's episode number 95, which was recently, and I'm going to talk about this in a different way. So even if you listen to that episode recently, still listen to this part, cause I'm going to kind of add a different spin on it a little bit. So number 95 was from the workshop that I did at the beginning of the year called improve results in one year. And in this workshop, which by the way, we just decided we're going to make this free to the public because, because we got so much feedback that it was so helpful for so many of you to kind of have some like really solid guidance on building a fitness and nutrition plan. So in this workshop, I talked about what not to do, what to focus on instead. And then at the end of the workshop, we help you build a fitness and a nutrition plan. And the nutrition information is all taken from the registered dietitian in Evlo. So I am not a nutrition expert and for sure going to watch her modules, Catherine's modules on our membership. If you are an Evelyn member, we'll give you so much more than what I touch on in this workshop, but I do think that it's a great place for you to kind of start. It's one of the most comprehensive pieces of content I've ever done. So I think it could be really helpful and it's hundred percent free. So go give it a lesson, a listen, not a lesson. Go give it a listen. The link is in the show notes to grab that, but 
The first half of this workshop, I was really talking a lot about the mistakes that women make. And one of the first things people do when they want to start losing weight or they want, they go on a weight loss journey or fat loss journey is that they'll start to add a lot of moderate intensity cardio. And I'll talk more about moderate intensity, steady state cardio or miss later in this episode, but miss or moderate intensity, steady state is about 60 to 70% of your heart rate maximum. So you will be sweating. You'll be breathing heavy. You'll feel tired. Think most of your group fitness classes that are cardio based. So like boot camps, kickboxing, spin, you know, it could even be jogging, hitting the elliptical, whatever it is. So even if you're lifting weights in a group fitness class, or they are marketing themselves as hit, a lot of group fitness classes are still landing in this moderate intensity cardio, even though they're marketing themselves as, Oh, we're strength training because we're lifting weights or, Oh, we're hit because we're going high intensity. But Usually it ends up being in the modern intensity camp. This is because a lot of times when they're lifting weights, they're either moving too fast or not doing focused enough moves or doing combination moves. And so you're not giving the muscle enough stimulus for growth. You're not able to get to failure or close to failure in a certain exercise. So it's not very efficient for building muscle. So it ends up being just more cardio. And then usually these classes are not hit because they're too long by nature. Hit has to be very brief. So If you are doing a long 60 minute class, you're going to be falling in the more moderate intensity heart rate zone than in your highest intensity heart rate zone. Since by nature, hit has to be really short and brief because you're not able to put in all out max effort when the sessions are too long. So these workouts are not bad. These modern intensity workouts are not bad. I don't want to make anyone think like, oh, these are dangerous or bad or you shouldn't do them. In fact, I think they can be beneficial to lace in if you feel like you're fueling properly, you're eating properly, you're managing stress, you're recovering from your strength workouts. And I'll talk more about how you can incorporate these miss type of workouts or these modern intensity steady state workouts into your routine later in this episode. But I think the initial draw to these workouts is they burn a lot of calories. Therefore they'll expedite weight loss. Burning calories, of course, is not bad at all. I don't want to make you feel like you shouldn't burn calories or that it's going to work against you. But burning calories is, in my opinion, one of the worst things to track as far as like deciding if your workout was effective or not. And there's several really good reasons for this. So number one, Fitness watches, if you're tracking your calories from a fitness watch, have been shown to be up to 80% inaccurate. So that can be dangerous, right? Like you're, if, especially if you're tracking calories in and calories out, you're like, oh, I did a, I did a workout, told me I burned 500 calories. Well, if that's 80% inaccurate, you could be logging that you're burning 500 calories when really you're only burning closer to like 100 calories. And I, that sounds like a really, dramatic difference. I'm sure it's not that dramatic usually, but it just goes to show that it's very difficult for your fitness watch to accurately track your calories. And this is for really good reasons. Part of the reason is because of the total energy expenditure model. So what happens is as you begin a new routine, as you add more activity to your routine, you may lose a few pounds, but your body quickly gets used to that new routine and your energy expenditure will level out. So you'll start to plateau. So as your body gets used to this new cardio, gets accustomed to it, the total daily energy expenditure model kicks in. So this means that some increase in activity may increase your total daily energy expenditure or how many calories your body is burning throughout the day. But at some point that starts to level off and your body will borrow from other 
calorie expending processes in your body or metabolically expensive processes like powering your brain or your digestion in order to keep you within a narrow window. So in other words, you could be burning more in your workout, but your body is borrowing from other processes to keep you within this narrow window of energy expenditure. Scientists think that this may be an evolutionary mechanism in order for us to save our energy so that we have a certain reserve of energy to be able to like run from a tiger or defend ourselves or whatever we need to do. So this is why is so interesting that over-exercise will affect every single system in your body. And it could be because of this, because you're spending so much of your energy in your workout that your body doesn't have the proper fuel left to be able to properly manage digestion or mental health or uh, sleep or you know immunity. You might be getting sick all the time. So this total constrained energy expenditure model really might mean that again, you are tracking that you're burning all these calories in your workouts, but you're not actually, it's not an accurate depiction of what's going on. So there's that. And then number two, doing more cardio to burn off your food is truly not effective. Again, I think we're taught like, oh, I'm going to eat this and then I'll burn it off in my workouts tomorrow. Very, very normal. Very, very common. I really want you to start to get away from this because number one, I think you're likely to overeat thinking that you can just burn it off later. I've read studies how the difference between feeling satisfied and feeling full can be up to a thousand calories. And the difference between feeling full and feeling stuffed can be up to like 3000 calories. So that's a big difference. Not here to make you feel guilty for overindulging. I certainly do it every once in a while, but it's just more to build awareness around this. So there's really no way you're going to be able to do enough exercise to burn off 3000 calories. But even if you could do a super long grueling workout and burn a thousand calories, according to your fitness watch, I want you to think about how you feel the rest of the day. If you do a grueling workout like that, I guarantee you, you have very little energy. You're probably a lot more stationary unintentionally. You're doing less NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which means you fidget less, you move around less, very unintentionally, very subconsciously. And all of this is your body's attempt at keeping your body within that relatively narrow window of calorie expenditure. So torturing yourself by trying to burn off what you eat really is putting a bunch of strain through your joints and through your body. And it just doesn't work. It's just not effective. So it's, it's going to end up hurting you and wearing your body down in the long run. So that's number two. And then number three, one of the reasons why I don't recommend worrying about how many calories you're burning is if fat loss or calorie burning is your goal, you may choose exercises that are not very great for your joints and can quickly burn you out or lead to overuse injuries rather than if you're focused on building muscle worried about how you're fatiguing your muscle, you might choose a completely different workout and feel a lot better and move the needle for yourself more. So basically focusing on calorie burning is really a working harder, not smarter approach. And I promise you that if you focus on nutrition, if fat loss is your goal and lace in a little cardio, like I'm going to talk about in this episode and focus on building muscle to keep your metabolism high, you will number one, feel so much better and it'll feel way more sustainable and won't be so grueling and miserable. And then number two, you'll see so much better results if you're using cardio as a way to improve your overall health and not expecting it to expedite fat loss. Now, this is not to say that you can't lose fat by going from zero cardio to adding in some cardio. I'm not saying that adding more activity consistently can absolutely help you lose fat, increases your daily energy expenditure to a certain extent, 
even if diet is held constant, especially if you have more fat to lose, but just adding endless cardio starts to have diminishing returns and focusing on muscle is truly going to be your best friend to allow you to sustain any weight loss. If that's your goal. But so many women are under eating, especially under eating protein. They're not strength training and they're using exercise to burn, 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 and their body begins to break down muscle tissue. So this is called the downward spiral. In this case, you may see weight go down on the scale because you're losing both fat and muscle. So you get that kind of evidence that, oh, this is working. I'm losing weight because you're looking at your scale. And I think that this is one of the most common things that happens because when you're overdoing the cardio and you're not recovering, you're not eating enough protein, you're losing overall mass, including muscle, your basal metabolic rate declines, how many calories you're burning throughout the day to keep your body alive, your total daily energy expenditure is lower, your TDEE, and you have to eat fewer calories and or add more activity just to maintain. So again, this is what I call the downward spiral, which basically just means you have to cut, 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 or add more and more and more cardio to lose any lean mass and to even maintain your current mass or your current weight. And this eventually leads to a crash and burn and because you can't sustain this for very long, right? And I know so many of you listening have already been through that. You're on the other side of it. You're like, yes, yes, yes. I know all of this. I'm on the other side. I'm on board with trying to gain muscle. And if you are on the other side of it, like I am, and I know so many of our members are, you just want to like scream from the rooftops when you see family and friends who don't know that there is another way. They're like torturing themselves and you just want to be like, ah, I promise you this is not the way. So anyways, I know not everyone's goals are weight loss, but I think it's very common. And I just want to encourage you to see cardio as an additive to your overall health, your cardiovascular health, and not as a way to expedite fat loss. So if you want to go listen to the full workshop, the link is in the show notes. I hope you enjoy it again. I really think it's a really helpful resource for a lot of you. So that's episode number 95. So that's the first of three that I'm going to go over. The next two episodes will be about hit and steady state cardio. So next up is episode number 12. It was called cardio. How much do you really need? Part one. So We'll get into hit, the benefits, the risks, if you should do hit, and if so, how much. We've heard that hit is good for you, but there isn't a lot of talk in the fitness world about how much is the right amount without inadvertently causing harm to our bodies. So because there isn't much education about the upper limit, people essentially think that more is better. We've heard, oh, hit high intensity interval training is so good for you, but we're not really taught what dosage is the best. There's this interesting study that I found when I wrote this episode that does state that there's an overdosing effect, that doing too much will reverse the positive effects on our mitochondria, which are the little, the powerhouses of the cell and can affect our insulin sensitivity and thus affecting our body composition among other things. So exercise has what's called a curvilinear relationship, meaning low amounts or no exercise have negative consequences to your body. I think we all know that. We all know exercise is good. Modest to high amounts of exercise are the most beneficial and optimal, but too high amounts or extreme amounts of exercise can display kind of similar negative consequences that little or no exercise does. So it's really interesting. You want to find that middle ground. 
And I think that that middle ground can be different dosages depending on other stressors of your life. If you're someone who you can manage stress well, you don't have a super stressful job, you might be able to get away with adding more exercise and being able to recover from that type of exercise. If you're someone that you're not sleeping well, maybe you've got a new baby at home, you might be someone that needs to be on the lower end of that exercise dosage. So it's definitely individualized and something to tinker with. But this short-term study that I will link in the show notes looked at the upper limit of HIT, and they found that too much HIT can cause decreased mitochondrial health, which are the little um, organelles in your cells that help to power your cells and can potentially increase insulin resistance. Higher insulin resistance can affect a lot of different processes in your body since insulin is a hormone that affects every single cell in your body. So when insulin resistance increases, it can have a whole host of issues, including fat gain or weight gain. And this study looked at healthy subjects who exercised but were not competitive athletes and had them do HIT for four weeks. Each week, they added more HIT sessions, working up from light training on week one, so two sessions of HIT, where they repeated four-minute long intervals five times on a bike with three minutes of rest in between. And then they did the moderate training on week two, so they added a third HIT session. And then week three, they did HIT every single day. In week four, they halved the amount of time and intensity of exercise as more of a recovery week. So week one was a few sessions, week two, they added more week three, they added the most. And then week four, they halved it. So the researchers studied the participants physiological responses to the different doses of exercise by taking muscle biopsies and oral glucose tolerance, which measures oral glucose tolerance measures how well their body was able to control their blood sugar, which is basically a level of their insulin sensitivity. So the results showed that muscular output increased from baseline through weeks one and two. So the light and moderate amounts of training. So this means that they basically got stronger from adding some hit, which is to be expected because whenever you add a new form of exercise, neuromuscular adaptation happens in the first couple of weeks. So you get stronger within the first couple of weeks. So this is to be expected. And then week three, what they found was that there was stagnation in their physical performance. So their muscle output declined probably due to overuse, overstressing their body, their mitochondrial efficiency declined from the previous week and their insulin sensitivity declined. So after the recovery phase where in week four, where the training load was drastically reduced, performance started to rise again, but mitochondria, mitochondria efficiency and blood sugar levels were still less improved than they were in week two. So this just goes to show that your body bounced back a little bit, but there were still consequences that lingered beyond when they just took out the stimulus. So what does this mean? This means that some hit is beneficial, but too much hit can backfire. A more aggressive exercise routine can cause negative effects to metabolic health due to mitochondrial partial shutdown, causing things like insulin resistance. Increased insulin resistance can affect every single system in your body and negatively influence body composition. Hit should not be excessive if overall health is the goal. Less is more. The hypothesis for why more intense exercise is harmful is because mitochondria are overwhelmed and not given the space to adapt to the intense and frequent stimulus. 
This is why we recommend one to two short hit sessions per week alongside your strength workouts. More is not better. So what is the line? How much should we be adding? Many medical and sports groups suggest intense interval training shouldn't be completed more than three times per week in order to avoid these negative metabolic side effects. And from a joint perspective, I agree with this. I don't think that you really need more than two per week. I find that two is probably max for the modern woman. So if we, you know, only gain the benefits of hit, if we do two to three of them per week, are we just sedentary on the other days? Should we train in different ways on the days when we're not working out intensely? Well, let's go through it. So another study looked at the benefits of short, intense exercise versus longer, more gentle workouts. And this was a really interesting finding that I think a lot of you who hate HIT will be empowered by. So the study took overweight men and they had them exercise on a bike. They divided the participants into two groups and had each group exercise for different amounts of time and intensity. So group one was the HIT group. They performed short, all out workouts on a bike. So think like 30 second sprints with rest in between. And they repeated that four to six times. And this group only exercised three days per week. So the HIT group exercised less frequently and for shorter sessions. Group two exercised more moderately for 30 to 40 minutes at like that 60% heart rate zone five days per week. So they had longer sessions more frequently throughout the week. Both groups were more fit by the end of the study. However, the group in the moderate intensity group shed more body fat and their blood pressure improved more, and they were able to metabolize the extra fat better. The study also highlighted the importance of frequency. So glycemic control, which is your ability to regulate your blood sugar, again, back to that insulin sensitivity thing, was better on exercise days as opposed to rest days. So the study basically concluded that more frequent gentle workouts were overall potentially more favorable than the less frequent intense workouts. Okay. So we see from the second study that more frequent, frequent workouts tend to be more favorable for your body. However, I as I discussed in the first study, you probably can't do a lot of intense workouts. So how do we know what frequency is right and what intensity is right? What's the answer? Do we do HIT? Do we do steady state cardio? Where does strength training come in? And the answer depends on who you are and how much you're doing, your stress levels in your overall life. And you want to make sure that you are getting your exercise dosage right and not overdoing it. So for my research and experience, I've found the most favorable outcomes are when most of your workouts are focused on building muscle Usually hypertrophy based workouts are going to fall more in the moderate intensity heart rate range. So I like to recommend strength training, a routine like Evlo that's focused on building muscle as your cornerstone, and then lace in 150 minutes of light intensity cardio, light to moderate intensity cardio, which I'm going to talk about next when we get to steady state and then optional one to two short hit sessions per week. I'm talking 15 to 20 minutes. You're doing all out effort bursts right? So like 30, 45 seconds, and then you rest for a period of time and then repeat that, you know, three, five times, whatever you want, start with a warm up, end with a cool down, you're in and out in 20 minutes or less. And you don't want to do that. I would, I would honestly suggest, especially if you're strength training more than twice a week. And I know that sounds like a lot, but really that's what I do. I focus on strength. I do one 15 minute hit session per week. That's it. And I try to walk most days. I do try to hit that 150 minutes of light intensity cardio through my walks. 
And a lot of times I don't hit it and that's okay too. I also try to incorporate my walks into my lifestyle. So like if you know, we, we are lucky to live in Los Angeles where it's nice and warm and we can walk most days of the year. I know not everybody can, but you know, think about like, can I add in a walk when I'm at the grocery store, like do a couple laps in the grocery store, walk a little quicker. It all adds up and it really can integrate into your lifestyle more than you think, especially if you get creative. So that's what I recommend as far as combining all of your workouts together. When should you add hit and when should you not add hit? So if you're coming from a place of physical burnout, let's say you've been exercising really hard for years and your body hurts and you're exhausted and you feel like you have to do this type of exercise to see results, but your body is screaming like, please stop. I do not recommend adding hit right now. What I like to say is, especially if you're joining Avlo, take a second, do the strength workouts, let your body heal, get your inflammation down. And then once you start to when you start to feel better, your joints start to feel better, then you can think about adding like one hit session. Just start with one. Or you can even take like half of our cardio burst class and skip to the cool down or whatever you need to do, but lacing it in. So I don't recommend hit for everyone, especially if you have joint stuff or if you're feeling burned out. Now, what if you hate hit? Do you have to do it? Are you missing out on some health benefits if you're not adding hit into your routine? Here's my take. You can still receive excellent cardiovascular benefits from lower intensity cardio and from your strength training sessions because strength training doubles as cardio. The benefits have to be viewed in the context of what you will stay consistent with over a long period, not just a few weeks. So if you're going to be realistic with sticking to a workout that's more moderate intensity instead of lots of hit, please, please do that. You may find that eventually you're drawn to hit like later down the line as your body progresses and adapts to your exercise routine. But if you absolutely dread it and hate it and find yourself doing nothing instead of doing something, just let yourself take hit out of the equation for now. And I promise you that if you're focusing on building muscle, strength training, adding in some light intensity cardio, you will still get amazing health benefits. HIT is also not super necessary to add if you're newer to exercise or if you aren't super consistent with the routine. If you're newer to exercise, you will have a larger window of adaptation. In other words, there's more opportunity for improvements in your body. In this case, you may be able to get away with focusing on strength training and adding some steady state cardio and still get excellent aerobic benefits without making yourself trudge through brutal hip sessions. In fact, this is what I would recommend for newer exercisers, or again, if you're not super consistent right now, or if you've fallen off, because HIT is super brutal and it can quickly lead to burnout and discouragement and consistency issues. So don't worry about adding it right off the jump. You can always add it later. Now, if you're trained, you'll have a smaller window of adaptation because you've already brought up things like aerobic capacity and lean mass. So this means that you may need to add more intensity if you're looking to really optimize things like aerobic capacity. But my question is always, how necessary is that? Like if you dread it, if you hate it, or if it hurts your body, is that worth the trade-off for you? This is your life. I always like to think of it like that. Like this is your life. And if it gives you some relief for me to say like, listen, if you hate hit and you dread it and you just don't want to do it, then just take it out of your routine. I truly do believe that if you're strength training and you're doing some steady state cardio, like walking, you know, getting your heart rate pumping most of the days of the week, you're eating healthy, you're sleeping enough, you are going to be above 99% of the population and have more than a healthy body. 
So that was episode number 12. Episode number 13 is the last one and it's cardio part two, how much steady state cardio is best. So in this summary, I'll talk about what steady state cardio is, my suggestion for how to use it, the positives and negatives, and a general framework of how you can incorporate both steady state and hit into your routine. I kind of touched on this earlier. We'll get into it a little, little bit more detail. So I always say that cardio is so highly individualized. We, we know that person to person will have different responses to different doses of cardio and exercise in general. We all know that person that exercises like intensely every day and they've been doing it their entire life and they seem to be totally fine. And then you might know that person, or maybe you are that person where you can hardly tolerate any super high intensity exercise without feeling all broken down and painful and tired and have sleep issues, etc. I know that's how I am. So we want to prioritize gaining muscle or at least maintaining muscle. And my philosophy is that cardio is just bonus. So cardio should not be the priority or overdone because too much of it can blunt your protein synthesis and get in the way of your recovery from your strength training workouts. So this can take away from the effectiveness of your strength training sessions and make you feel kind of like you're running in circles. So although I'll give you a framework of how to do cardio, just know that this process may take some trial and error and experimenting for you to figure out exactly how much is right for your body. So let's dive into steady state cardio. Steady state cardio is any cardiovascular exercise that can be sustained for an extended period of time. So, you know, could be sustained for up to an hour or longer. So think like jogging, walking, biking, or sometimes some aerobics classes. Um, I talked about a lot of boot camp classes, spin classes. They're going to fall generally into this steady state cardio camp. So Steady state cardio can build a little bit of muscle, can build more of the type one muscle fibers, which are smaller, they're your endurance fibers, but generally steady state cardio doesn't build a significant amount of muscle. This type of workout doesn't place a high intensity demand on the muscles, which is why it can be carried out for so long. So within steady state cardio, there's kind of two categories. So there's LIS and MISS. LIS is light intensity or low intensity steady state cardio, and MISS is moderate intensity steady state cardio. LIS is walking, hiking, leisurely bike rides. Your heart rate is like 50 to 60% of your heart rate max. So think of this as you could generally keep a conversation or you can breathe in and out through your nose, but you feel your heart pumping faster. Like maybe you're at the brink where like, ah, it's kind of getting uncomfortable for me to breathe in and out of my nose. So this is 50 to 60%. Miss is that medium intensity or moderate intensity steady state cardio, which is usually a little higher heart rate zone. So like 60 to 70% of your heart rate max. So this is the range where you generally land in a spin class where you feel like you, okay, now I have to start breathing in and out through my mouth. Jogging sometimes will be missed. Power walking can even be missed up, up and down hills or up and down stairs. This type of exercise will be a lot more difficult for you to maintain a conversation. So first let's talk about lists and where the place is for lists. So that light intensity, this is the type of steady state cardio that I really do prefer to prioritize over a lot of miss. LIS is generally easier on your central nervous system. It's great to keep your body moving. It's good for blood flow, blood sugar regulation, great for heart health, but isn't super likely to overstress your central nervous system and get in the way of your recovery. LIS is less likely to turn off protein synthesis and get in the way of you seeing results from your strength workouts. 
It's also generally easier on your joints since it's like walking or hiking or jogs or gentle bike rides, swimming, whatever it might be, is generally less joint stress. Miss, that moderate intensity, like jogging, is again where you land in most group fitness classes. Doing too much miss can actually inhibit you from seeing results from your resistance training workouts. Miss can blunt protein synthesis, which is the pathway that signals to your body to improve muscle size and strength. Again, this may happen in greater degrees for certain people than others. Some people might be able to get away with adding a lot of miss in addition to their strength training routines and have no problems. Some people, again, might have more problems. So it's going to be about you tracking that. And I'm going to kind of give you some tools here in a moment. But when this pathway of protein synthesis is turned off because of overstressing your body with too much miss, you can inhibit your body from seeing the benefits of your strength training workouts. So this is where adding more cardio can be counterproductive. So doing some steady state cardio can be beneficial, but doing too much might have diminishing returns or even be harmful. Everyone, again, will tolerate different doses doses of cardio alongside their strength routines. And it's interesting because since I published this episode, I've had a lot of runners reach out who want to run and they also want to do Evlo, but they're worried that they won't see the same results if they run. And I want to ease your concerns there. I think that if you're doing our three time per week track with no cardio, that's more than enough stimulus to hypertrophy or grow your muscles. And then you could add in runs on your non-strength days, or you could even do a light run after a shorter workout or whatever it may be. And make sure that you have at least one day where you're taking for recovery, where you're doing a walk instead, or maybe you're doing an easy jog. You're staying more in that 50 to 60% of that heart rate um, range. So you'll know that it's too much and that you need to adjust your routine when you're getting signs from your body that you're not recovering. Sometimes taking out a cardio workout or reducing your time can make everything else higher quality and therefore maybe more effective than just adding more. So sometimes less is more. And I know sometimes that can be like a mental thing, especially for you runners who like to run for like the mental benefits that it gives you. So I think just giving yourself the space to tinker with that. Here's how to know if you're not recovering. So some signs are you'll be super sore and tight and your limbs might feel heavy and or weak. You may feel exhausted all the time. You may feel progressively weaker in your strength workouts instead of getting stronger. You can also do the CO2 tolerance test, which is something that I've talked about in a podcast before. Essentially, I'll go over it real quick. So essentially, you take five really deep breaths, as deep as you can, breathe in, breathe out fully, breathe in fully five times. On your fifth inhale, you'll inhale as much as you can, as deeply as you can. Exhale, breathe out through pursed lips like you're breathing out through a straw letting out as little air as possible, and you'll time that. See how long you can exhale. If you can exhale generally for like longer than 25 seconds, it's generally meaning you're recovered, your central nervous system is fine, your balance is good, you've got the right dosage. If you are consistently falling short of that 25 seconds, it might mean that you're not recovering, your central nervous system is not recovering, and it might be time to look at something. So can I take out a workout? Or maybe I need to look at my nutrition. Maybe I'm not fueling enough. Maybe I'm not sleeping well. All of those things are something that you can tinker with. So again, cardio dosage, you're just going to have to tinker with it, test your recovery, listen to your body, and then adjust. So let's go over a framework now that we've talked about hit, we've talked about miss, we've talked about list. Let's go over a framework of how to incorporate hit and steady state 
whether it's list or miss. And I want to give you what's worked best for my body and options for you kind of depending on your priorities. I am definitely not anti-cardio, but I do tend to think it's overemphasized and can be easily overdone in a stressed out, undernourished, sleep deprived woman, which is so common for the modern woman to be juggling a lot at once. If this sounds like you, my suggestion is to not even worry about moderate intensity or high intensity cardio, just strength train, maybe do some walking, clean up your nutrition, get your joints healthy and try to sleep well. If you feel like you're quote unquote falling apart, getting your stress hormones in check, reducing your body's inflammation by taking out the extra stress of lots of cardio could be exactly what you need right now. So don't have any FOMO. Again, I love to give y'all permission in this podcast to take things out when you need to, but when you're ready, when you're feeling good, feeling like you have your stress hormones and joint health in check, let's talk about how to incorporate cardio in a way that will feel effective and feel good on your body. There's endless combinations. Like I said, there's no one size fits all, but here's a summary of how to add in cardio. Number one, prioritize strength training. If you only have time for strength training or cardio, choose strength training because strength training will double as cardio. Number two, on top of strength training, shoot for 150 minutes of lists, light intensity steady state, where you're getting to that like 50 to 60% of your heart rate max for again, 150 minutes per week on average. So my low impact cardio class generally falls into this list category. You could take that every day. If you can't get outside for a brisk walk list could also even be yoga flows. It could be a dance class. It really doesn't have to be traditional cardio that we think of. It doesn't have to be jogging. It doesn't have to be walking. It doesn't have to be hiking. As long as you're getting your heart rate up in any way, all of that counts. That's all we care about. So walking faster at the grocery store, going up and down the stairs a few times. If you're like, okay, I don't have 150 minutes straight to be able to dedicate to cardio, but I can squeeze in five minutes here and there throughout my week. All of it adds up. Don't stress about getting this number perfect. I probably never get 150 minutes exactly. I definitely try, but I fall short of that quite often. And it's really not a big deal. Cause again, if you're strength training, you're also going to be getting cardiovascular benefits from that. If you're a runner, or if you love to take an occasional spin class or a miss workout, you could add in miss into that 150 minutes. So you could do miss, you could do lists, or you could do a combo of both hitting around that 150 minutes of that steady state cardio. If you're adding more miss than lists, make sure that you're tracking your recovery since miss is more likely to affect your central nervous system and look for signs that you're overdoing it. So maybe take out a session and replace it for a list workout. If you're doing too much miss and see kind of where you're falling. If, if you are having constant soreness, feeling weaker, losing muscle, etc., and then hit optional to add one to two hit sessions per week. I think that's really all you need. Keep your session short, all out effort, 15, 20 minutes. Again, if hit is something that you absolutely hate and dread, I'm going to give you permission to take it out and just focus on maybe steady state, get nice and strong through your strength workouts. And then maybe it's something that you add in eventually keep the door open. But if you dread it and hate it, it's okay to take it out. Okay. So that's 
the episode on cardio. I hope this felt empowering, informative, and helps you add cardio into your routine in a really sustainable way. So remember to go follow Fit Body Happy Joins on TikTok and Instagram. Remember that there's a free workshop in the show notes below. And that is it. Thank you for listening. We will see you all same time, same place next week. Bye for now.